Oliver Ekman Larson speaks to the South Florida media. And where do the Florida Panthers rank as far as most improved teams? We're going to discuss this and more on today's Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, July 21st edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So, Cats fans, the this is... The time of year where the the new signees of the Florida Panthers, of course, they are on their fair share of time off, whether they are across the pond, staying here in their new town, whether they're signing. But Oliver Ekman Larson did speak to the media yesterday on on excuse me, on Wednesday, excuse me, we're recording this on a Thursday, release on a Friday. He did um, speak to the media on Wednesday uh, from Sweden to discuss his uh, signing with the Florida Panthers and to discuss more of that uh, media availability for Oliver Ekman Larson and the Florida Panthers is my friend Nick Fairbanks. It is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Nick, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. I'm glad that uh, we had a week off and uh, you know, re- ready to jump right into it. Yeah, welcome back from vacation, my friend. More importantly, I hope you are well-rested as well, too. You're taking time <laughs> off just like the, the, the NHL players are taking time off as well. But let's go right to the... Uh, and before we actually go into uh, the, the media availability for Oliver Ekman-Larsen, a few, um, a few notes here. Uh, Casey Fitzgerald did resign a one-year, two-way contract, uh, bringing back uh, another uh, defenseman for the Florida Panthers. And the Florida Panthers did actually launch a new app, uh, the Florida Panthers app. That is a different uh, experience as far as game schedules, how you order tickets, food, you name it. It's all combined on the new Florida Panthers app. So a little bit of announcement there. But Oliver Ekman Larson did speak to the media on Wednesday to discuss really about him signing with the Florida Panthers. And, And Bill Zito spoke about this weeks ago about the meeting with Oliver Ekman Larson about, I don't want to hear about Los Olas. I don't want to hear about Fort Lauderdale. I, w- I just want to discuss winning. And he reinforced that in his media availability uh, yesterday. Did speak about his broken foot at the, at the, at the world, but he's uh, doing better and rehabbing. So even the newcomers of the Florida Panthers are dealing with uh, their fair share of injuries. He did speak about how he doesn't know uh, Gus Forsling. But he's uh, looking forward to uh, working with him. But here is the most important part of of what Oliver Ekman Larson did say. And this he did not say this in his media availability, Nick. He actually said this on the Territory Talk podcast uh, that aired on Thursday was that he had a conversation with Patrick Hornquist about the culture and how the fit is in Florida. And 
it goes back to the whole not training Patrick Hornquist and still being in good standing with the organization. And that influences a guy like Oliver Ekman Larson, who's been a captain who hasn't been in the best situations in his career to, to bring someone in, who's just trying to re, re, um, to be on, be on a, on a winning team and the first time playing in the Eastern conference. We did definitely speak about that. Didn't we <clears throat> about Hornquist and, you know, his retirement and, you know, what he could bring to the team if he decides to stick around with the organization. So the fact is, is that he already was able to reel in Oliver Ekman Larson, who I think is going to be a, a, an upgrade on uh, what the Florida Panthers had on D last season, especially over Mark Stahl, uh, who actually played really well during the pl- playoffs. And then, um, you know, just having that connection and just telling other people like this team is for real. This organization is for real. They want to win. It's not a dog and pony show like it used to be. Um, you know, I don't like digging down on teams like this, but, you know, we don't know what's going on with Arizona right now. There's a lot of things going on. Um, but he was an all-star caliber defenseman for them. So, you know, can't say that he's not going to get back to the level at all. But for some reason, free agents come down here and they find new life. And they either are able to sign an extension with Florida or, you know, it's a one-off and they are able to get a bigger payday somewhere else. So, um Patrick Hornquist is already paying dividends in the offseason. Yeah, no doubt. And I think of I think of sometimes what happens when uh, once again players are put in different situations. I mean, we've talked about Forsling being claimed off waivers, but also there was a time where the Anaheim Ducks had three defensemen uh in Shea Theodore, Hampus Lindholm, and Brandon Montour on the same team. And look what happened when with those three in, in different situations. The Buffalo Sabres as well. Brandon Montour on 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 that uh team as well with Jack Eichel and then Jack Eichel playing with Ryan O'Reilly. Brandon Montour and Ryan O'Reilly were not on the team at the same time, but you you think about the different situations that they put that they got themselves in with Brandon Montour only being traded for a third round pick, which looks like such a, a win. Now, when when you're looking back at the 2021 uh, trade deadline, but also I think about Ekman Larson as well and not having to, he will have to play some top pair minutes early on more than likely uh, to start the season. And, And that's the great thing about his signing as well, that you can for a little bit of time and then. And NHL Network actually put down put a, a projection lineup of what they'll look like the Florida Panthers will look like later in the season, and it and it had a third pair of Kulikov and Oliver Ekman Larson as the third pair. As your first, you're not you're not you're not liking that, but as mm-hmm. a third, I mean you're I mean you're not you're content but not satisfied in that. No, but. You have to think about it this way. The defense is going to be more mobile now. They're going to be able to mm-hmm. skate. You know, that I think that's something that was an opportunity last year uh, with the bottom pairing defense. You know, say what you will. Um, Ryko Gudis is a great defenseman. Hit everything and anything he could, and that was part of the issue that he kind of had. He would go for a hit instead of just playing the smart play. But now you we have probably six defensemen that can actually skate and be able to maneuver and move the puck where it needs to be. So I think the transition game is about to get a lot better and teams are going to be backing off the Florida Panthers uh, a lot more than they did last season. But, you know, as long as it's uh, Larson and Kulikov on third pairing, 
either one can step back or move the puck. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about with Kulikov is his turnovers and uh, how famous he was for them, unfortunately, in his first stint with Florida. Uh, I'm still remembering the 2012 playoffs where he gave up the puck and uh, ended up, uh, you know, giving up the game-winning goal in game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no doubt. And uh, the, that was a, that was my first memories as a as a Florida Panthers fan. Uh, unfortunately, when when I first started watching this team, so uh, but we are we are going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to talk more about the defense as well, and more about the the players that have been shipped out as well, because the Athletic has ranked the most improved teams this offseason. Where do the Florida Panthers rank in these? rankings we're going to discuss that and more here on the locked on florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about FanDuel and and take your first swing on betting mlb on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land 200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to over under to who you think it's going to be when to hit the first home run all the app that's safe secure and easy to use plus when you win you get paid instantly there's no better place to bet mlb than fanduel america's number one sportsbook so sign up today visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 dollars in bonus bets that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of major league baseball Second segment here on this Friday, July 21st edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's another edition of Fairbanks Friday. Nick Fairbanks is here once again. And Nick, I I had the opportunity to, <laughs> to read the athletics article on most improved teams based on their offseason moves. And I shared a screenshot of it on the locked on account and boy the reactions were wild and for good reason too and let me preface this by saying what it was based on it was based on goals taken away for for guys who went off of of the team and who who you brought you bring in and 30 32 32 was the boston bruins Florida Panthers were the 31st ranked team as most improved, second worst in the NHL. And I'll tell you, if I were before opening this article, it, which was an article written by Dom Luchtichin of The Athletic, I was going to guess that the Florida Panthers were maybe around like the 22, 26 range. Because the way I, the way I process is the Florida Panthers work with what they got with the 10 million in space that they, that they had. But this, what Dom Lushtichin wrote, talking about Ekman Larson, Kulikov, Mike Riley, and, and talking about Radko Gudis, kind of overrating Radko Gudis. You spoke about him in the, in the previous segment about the hits, but sometimes he would co- overcommit on one side that it would leave the other side to dry in, tra- in transition. And, and, and you would have to have Bob or Knight or even Alex Lyon be Superman in, in, in that situation and, and bail him out. And... Uh, they compared Evan Rodriguez to Anthony Duclair. Yeah, Anthony Duclair is a one-time 30-goal scorer. Yeah, Evan Rodriguez is a late bloomer. But I don't think they they go into into 
consideration on what Evan Rodriguez can bring on the forecheck that could not necessarily pad his stats, but if he's on the line with Alexander Barkov and you're creating chances off the forecheck, maybe that helps Alexander Barkov be, become a 40-goal scorer for the first time in his career. Yeah, injuries have played a factor in that as well, but I, I, don't, I just don't think that's also considered, and they don't also consider the subtractions of, the, of what happened. You mentioned Mark Stahl. I want to mention Colin White as well, who's not on the team anymore. They were not going to bring him back no matter what happened as well. Giovanni oh. Smith as well. Zach Delpy was in the lineup for, even though he's still with the organization, he was in, in, in the postseason lineup for a little bit of time too. And they don't, and those, those we were speaking about it all throughout the playoffs and even before that those guys weren't going to be part of the, the mold going forward. So I don't think that's really considered when it comes to ranking the Florida Panthers 31st. So I got two thoughts about this. One, Dom is a leaf homer and he always has been. He does not like giving Florida credit. He only has to when the numbers pan out that way. And I think he was okay with how the numbers panned out when he plugged these players in and you subtract Radko Gudis and Anthony Duclair. Second, I think his numbers are faulty because I don't think they take into consideration what uh, these players are going to be able to, I guess, cover. I mean, he did say that Kulikov, Oliver Ekman, Larson, and Riley are going to be Band-Aids, but it really depends on what their pairing is going to be. I mean, you talked about how, you know, other players, you know, from other organizations came to Florida and all of a sudden something clicked, right? Mm-hmm. maybe he has something to do with the coaching or the culture and everything. Cause maybe Anaheim didn't have the best coaching. Let's be honest. They haven't had a good coach in probably a decade. Secondly, uh, you have Buffalo. Nobody wanted to be there for a long time. Uh, a lot of toxic toxicity in that locker room. And then you come to Florida and it's like a breath of fresh air. So everybody's able to kind of be themselves and play freely. I happen to think that the stats don't take that into consideration at all. And secondly, you know, again, for Dom, I think the only time that the Leafs were even close to even winning a game in round two was game two. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when Rat, and that's one of the games that Racco Gudis decided to go for a hit or overcommit. And uh, I think, who was it that scored? I think it was the rookie that scored. So, nice. yes, exactly. And so I'm not worried, to be honest. I think we have serviceable. serviceable defensemen who can actually skate that will actually improve the blue line. But we're going to have to tread water until December, uh, January when Ekblad and Montour get back. But I'm just saying it, take it with a grain of salt. He's going to write what he's going to write and he's going to let the numbers bear out what he wants them basically to bear out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's just to, to see how different writers around, around are looking at the Florida Panthers and even, and even how, and e- even though this is a Florida Panthers-based show, there's other there's other avenues that of how they view the Florida Panthers. For example, Jay Fresh sees the Florida Panthers being tied at, at with the Boston Bruins at 104 based on his model. And I'm not sure how the Boston Bruins can even be tied at the top if you're so uncertain about the whole David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron situation as well. I and. Doug Plagan said on Territory Talk, the long the longer they take on on a decision for Bergeron and Krejci, the more he thinks that they could be back. So that's something to think about and 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 all. But also, Locked On NHL released their uh, 
offseason power rankings and had Florida fourth, which I think is is maybe one off of what I would I, I would have them number three. Um, maybe I uh, they have Toronto one locked on has and these are voted by the locked on host Toronto one Boston two Tampa Bay three Florida four Buffalo five Detroit six Ottawa seven Montreal eighth in in that in in that in that order. So I I just I just don't know how you replace the the difference of points there as well with the Boston Bruins in in just the uncertainty and even with Toronto as well. Are they going to trade Nylander? And and we haven't even spoke about this yet on the show. The arbitration case between Elias Samsonov and the Maple Leafs, oh, it's 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 kind of ugly. It, it it's not pretty. He wants 4.9. The Maple Leafs want to give him 2.4. Like he wants more than more than double of what they want. So it it's a little it's a little bit of a mess uh there as well. But this is also the other thing, Nick, is we don't know how to predict the Florida Panthers neither coming off the Stanley Cup run. Nobody does because because who knows? I, and I'm not I'm not speculating. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to say this to speculate. Remember how early the guys from Boston came back from injury? Could it be the same thing with the Florida Panthers? So I'll answer that question first and I'll, I'll kind of go back to a few other points. Possibly. Uh I think Aaron Ekblad probably has a better chance of coming back sooner than Brandon Montour, although some reports say the opposite. We'll see. Uh, I guess it just depends on how hard these guys want to work to get back. I mean, uh, what was it? Marshan was supposed to be out to like January, February, and he came back like November, December. McAvoy, um, Grizzlick. Which is amazing. So, I mean, hats off to those guys for working their butts off. But um, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm not holding my breath right now because usually with Florida right. Panthers injuries, the only person that's ever, I think, come back sooner was Jonathan Huberto after his Achilles injury in the preseason. So um, back to two other points. Number one, I don't think the Leafs have gotten any better. I think they got worse. So -hmm. the fact is, is that, again, that poll that you pulled up saying, you know, who got better, who got worse, I would actually probably put Toronto in the bottom 30 to 32 range because they don't have a goaltender. Let's, Let's be honest, they don't have a goaltender. They'd rather pay Matt Murray that $5 million, but they don't want to give Samsonov, you know, who got their goal, you know, got them in the second round that money. So, I mean, their priorities are wrong. Um, And then back on Duclair real quick. He's a pure goal scorer at heart. He's all about speed. What Mm -hmm. is Evan Rodriguez? He's a two-way center. Now he can Mm -hmm. play other positions as well, which I think will work to Florida's advantage. But I think right there, you're already getting a better overall player. So, um, other than that, I mean, Boston's going to be Boston. We don't know what's going to happen with them. I do like the works uh, idea that the longer that they wait, that Bergeron and Krejci will come back. I'm thinking that will probably happen uh, one last time and really right the wrongs. And then, um, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe the Leafs will drop down to third and we'll see a resurgence of the lightning. Uh. That that one's also hard to predict because they they have just so much miles on them too. That and they did resign. Um, they did uh, sign Tanner Janot to an extension too. They had and, to. <laughs> and, and they and the and the Sorelli Sergachev contracts kicked in this season too. So it's a uh, it's real. That's another team that's really hard to put a finger on because an early exit 
a, a longer off season for rest too. It's uh, it, I don't know, but hey, they still have a top two, maybe even one goaltender in in the NHL. So you you can't uh, you can't necessarily uh, count them out. And uh, for for the Florida Panthers, it's uh, it's once again they work with what they got in in the ten million dollars. And also, um, in Dom's model, the Maple Leafs are actually ranked thirtieth in in that model. So okay, all right, well, at least they got something right. He got something right. So so the. <laughs> Maybe maybe he maybe he uh, was not looking too too much towards his his homerism of the least. So maybe maybe uh, maybe finally uh, starting to see the light there. But we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna transition over to segment number three, where we're gonna talk about the future of the Florida Panthers and the urgency needed of this season, regardless of injuries and to, and looking at the situation of their cat space and to not get too married to the number the future number that is for the florida panthers coming up we're going to discuss that more here on the locked on florida panthers podcast third and final segment here on this friday july 21st edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast it's once again another edition of fairbanks friday nick fairbanks is back here on the show and nick just something i really teased in, in, in my Monday show, talk about the future of the Florida Panthers. And we know about the whole bunch of expiring contracts for the Panthers that's coming up this season. And coming off a of Stanley Cup run and seeing the projected space, the escrow is reportedly supposed to be paid off uh, this season, which means there's going to be a rising cap, which you're looking because this time last offseason, we were discussing, man. When the Florida Panthers have so much more cap room, they're going to be able to make a big splash getting a big-name defenseman uh, with, t- with term as well. They were going to take that step back, trading Mackenzie Weger and with, with all their dead cap, and, and but boom, o- only a million raised. For, and now you look at this upcoming offseason, which you, yet you still have a season to play. And I'm looking at... I look at cap friendly. It's like 29 ish million dollars, but only eight players on the current roster are signed for next year. How, how important do you think it is? If the Florida Panthers make the playoffs, is it to make, make a a whole bunch of noise like they did last season? I think it's imperative. I mean, um, every organization's goal is to win the Stanley cup, but in regards to the salary cap, you want players to come here and play. I mean, we talked about, you know, Patrick Hornquist being that, you know, that person who can, you know, be uh, a liaison between free agents and Florida. Um, but at the same time, you're going to want, as a free agent, you're going to want to go play for a winner. You know, I, I'm jealous of the times where players have taken really cheap deals to go play for a team and try to win a cup. I mean, you think about Joe Thornton. Patrick Marlowe, all those players that have tried to win cups, unfortunately didn't work out, but you have to wonder if that's ever going to be on the horizon. Now, mm-hmm. to me, it's imperative for the team to keep going, keep pushing forward because they were, they were three games away from the ultimate goal. But you have to start thinking about one, if they make a run like they did last year, how much are those players going to get paid that have expiring contracts? Are they going to want eight, nine million dollars? You know, I think of Montour automatically. 
Yeah, uh, he's either going to be gone or he's going to be making Ekblad money, to be honest with you. Um, so you have that. But the light at the end of the tunnel is, you know, you said it's around $29 million going into next season, only eight players, right? Only eight players signed. This is the last season with Bobrovsky. It has to be. You have to open up the cap space for that because you have Lundell that's going to need a payday. You possibly have Sam Reinhardt if you want him to stick around. He's going to need a little bit more money. Uh, you said Montour. Let's see what Forsling's going to want. I mean, I know that there's been people on Twitter saying or threads been saying maybe we trade Forsling right now. I'm not for that. I love the guy. But mm-hmm. then you have other homegrown talent that you're going to have to sign. And Lundell. Exactly. And you know, depending on if they take the next step or if Lundell continues to play how he did in the playoffs last year, Panthers could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. They could. And I looked, I, I calculated the average AAV to fill 15 roster spots. Oh, doing it for the camera. 15 roster <laughs> spots. Um, and it's about 2 million AAV per player that you would need to fill. If if the projected cap is eighty seven point five million mm-hmm. coming, this is where and this is where you'll need possibly Mackie Semiskevich to be part of the mix too. Yes. and I really like and the confidence that guy oozes too. Uh, after D camp and then Brian McCabe talking after saying that his goal should be to make that the the, the NHL roster too. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think it'll be this year for sure. We might see him actually later this year, um, maybe in a game or two, and we'll see his rookie lap this year. Uh, but as far as a consistent part of the roster, this is where you're looking to to 2024-25 uh, for, for sure. And it, it it's like the, the Panthers did give Grigory Danisenko that one-way deal too. Let's not forget that that it's like, hey, we we believe in you. We want we we think you need to we we believe that you need to create an opportunity to make this roster. And, and I I believe just by his contract that he has, and and just by by that alone, that he's going to make it th- this year too. Let's see how he can um, how he can do under under Paul Maurice now under new uh, under the management that did not draft him too, as well and. The Alexi Epiniemi is the only RFA that hasn't had a contract announced yet, neither, um, as well, and, and that's where and that's where you're looking to to that as 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 well too, and you, you think of, of of the of the blue line as well. Is Lucas Carlson going to be taking that next step, even though he's probably going to be a, a third a third pair defenseman too? Um, do you sign? Do you take a risk of signing a a, a free agent D-man in the 2024 class to a one-year $7 million AAV too, but that takes up a majority of their cap. It doesn't seem like even next year that the Florida Panthers will be going eight-year term, um, excuse me, seven-year term for a free agent that's not, that's wasn't with their organization neither. And and, and it's, and, and it's mo- and the reason why I'm, I'm, I want to have this conversation because we banked on, this 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 specific season going to be that year for a big uh, a, a good amount of the cap rising mm-hmm. and a lot of gms were discussing that inter, um privately as far as uh, reporting too but now it's like pivoting and now you see all these deals that are are resetting the the panthers are resetting and 
the group is going to – yes, you have the core. That That's the good news with that. Barkoff and Kachuk, they're, they're, they're there. But as far as – as far as the ability to reset and the and not and two million average per player, uh, it's it's a. I'm not saying it's a. It's not a last hoorah. I'm not. That's. I don't no. want people to confuse that. But it's a. It's going to be a hard time adjusting when when twenty four twenty five comes, but it's going to be. I think of like also the Boston Bruins too where they make it in 11 win go a while without making the Stanley Cup final uh well they made it in uh 2013 excuse <laughs> me make it back in 2019 go a little while so it's not going to be like an every year you're making the cup um and who knows that could be Florida where they they they're still in the dance they 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 have the consistent <laughs> and I hear them and I hear Nick Fairbanks knocking on wood um but you're still winning around you're still in the division race and, and that still speaks volumes. And that is still convincing the people from the outside. Like you said, in the beginning of this segment, possibly taking a pay cut to set in order for the ultimate goal winning. Yeah. And I, I think this ultimately comes down to two points. Okay. Uh, under Zito. Right. So number one, you have, all the draft capital that he traded away going for it last year, right? All these first round picks that's coming back to bite us right now. Let's be honest. Cause bit, there's yeah. no, cause I'll be honest. What prospect are you really, really excited about outside of Sam? Uh, Mike Benning. That's that, but, but you, but you get what I'm saying is like, mm-hmm. we don't, Florida does not have people that can come in, make an impact and have less than a million dollar cap hit you know Mm -hmm. we they don't have the luxury of pulling off what the Seattle Seahawks did with Russell Wilson on a rookie contract and being able to load up everywhere else this is also a culmination of paying guys their money you have Barkoff at 10 million you have Bobrovsky at 10 million you have to chuck at what nine and a half million Mm -hmm. You used to have Eklat at seven and a half. And there's other guys that are being coming in making more money. So this is like uncharted water for Florida. I don't think that they've ever really had to have these kind of contracts before. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Zito wants to maneuver around that. Or maybe he starts this. This is the season where, hey, maybe, you know, last season we were supposed to reset. And this is supposed to be like, yeah, if we make the playoffs, if we don't, it, it's okay. This wasn't the season we're going to go for it. Look what that turned into. So who knows what's going to happen this year? Um, I think expectations are still high. You just need to really see, number one, if the team is going to be able to hack it to get into the playoffs. And if not, you need to sell and you need to recruit draft capital to restock the cupboards and get those guys in who are going to make less than a million dollars. And this and this still stands in no matter no matter what sport. Good GMs get rid of good good players a year too early instead of a year too late. And you never know what Bill Zito could have up his sleeve when coming to trade deadline saying, "Hey, we're not going to pay you. Um let's get some let's get something out, out of out of it and 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 use that money somewhere else." Like he did that with Duclair this year. Yep. They knew they weren't gonna um, bring, bring bring him back. They 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 
wanted a guy who 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 was well on the other end of the puck too. So that it, you got it's a give and take in this in this situation as well. So it's a it, it's definitely something to look ahead, but also knowing what is coming based on what happens this year as well. But Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for joining me. Tell everybody where they can follow you online. Armando, thanks again. Uh, great show today. So thank you for that. Uh, you, everybody can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Prudentia Zero. I know you guys heard it. I'm also on threads. I think I'm at Beret1096. If not, I will tweet it out later this evening and uh, we'll get some follows and we'll get some flow going to this whole thing. But Armando, another week in the books, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, my friend. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Building Stone, and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And every dayers, make sure you come back on Saturday. Yes, Saturday, because it is the one-year anniversary of the trade. On Saturday's edition of the show, we'll be discussing the the trade, what happened then, how we process it now, and, and look forward to hopefully some more great memories at, with Matthew Kachuk here in South Florida. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks, and you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>